Hello, I'm Amelia with the Business of Nursing, also owner of Solutions by Amelia, where I specialize in helping professionals, especially ones in healthcare, find more clients, learn about the opportunities that are out there to leverage and use their expertise and so that they can have a better quality of life and have a business that they love. So all of that said, today I'm on the Business of Nursing podcast and we're here with Mallory Buxton of Solos Concierge Nurse Patient Advocates. And I hope I said that right. And you can find them over at solosnurse.com. And I'll have the specific link in the show notes. And I'll do the intro and then I'm going to have Mallory uh, mention um, anything that I left out. But Mallory is with us and she was born and raised on a farm in rural South Dakota. And after high school, she went to on to receive her bachelor's in nursing and having a minor at the South Dakota University. Uh, Mallory's experience um, goes over a large variety of specialties, cardiac ICU, medical surgical ICU, outpatient infusion, chemo, biotherapy, outpatient, float pool, and such. So she really had a desire to be part of something bigger. She got the idea for her current business in the spring of 2016 from an entrepreneurial podcast. Ooh, I love podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> hear more about that. Um, now, two years later, she's developed her business to help over 120 clients with the goal of ending loneliness and helping 1 billion people. So right now she has a company that's 12 plus nurses on her team and counting and growing. Um, she's helping clients in Phoenix, um, Arizona, the Bay Area, and she's also launching in Denver. Wow, Mallory. <laughs> wow, wow. So did I miss anything? Did I leave anything out? Oh my goodness. Oh, well, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I'm just so happy to, to be talking to you today. I'm so excited. And you, you didn't leave anything out. One billion people is, is one billion people. It's a lot. So, uh, when you, when you name those other cities at the end, the Bay Area and Denver, I'm like, oh man. But I mean, if you want to help a billion people, you gotta, gotta keep branching out. So I'm like, gosh, that sounds crazy. But. Let's do it. Let's, I got to keep going. Wow, wow, wow. Back up the track a little bit. Talk to me about, you mentioned you had the idea, you know, a couple years ago, and now you're branching out into all of these cities. So a lot of nurses that I talk to in business, they are struggling with getting their first client or two. And now I'm hearing how you have locations here and there, and you're broadening, and you have a goal of helping a billion people. So if you don't mind taking me back through a little bit about how you first got started. How did you bring on client one, client two, location one, mm-hmm. location two? I had you do a personality typing thing like way back when, and you are an action-oriented person. You love action. You're about that action. Yes. Right, right, yeah. I do. I love it. <laughs> so uh, true to your um, to your color code. But tell me a little bit more about what gave you the ability or the the umph, I don't know the word to use, to go out and get client one and client two. And tell me a little right. bit more about that. Yes. So I've talked to a lot of awesome nurse entrepreneurs, um, kind of done some mentoring, I guess you could quote unquote call it. have had a lot of other nurses find me on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, we've set up phone calls and I've help them. And the biggest thing is that as nurses, we're so organized and we get everything lined up and then we're ready to go. But then the scary part is making the phone call and putting yourself out there and putting yourself in the position of being rejected really and being told no. And you have to be told no a lot before you're going to be told yes. So to give nurses who are listening to this action that they like things they can actually do, you have to 
What I did was find doctor's offices that I thought maybe had patients that could use help. And you just have to make a list of maybe you're going to call 10 offices today. Maybe you're going to call 20 offices and call them. And you have to say, you have to be very genuine and not salesy and say, hey, my name is Mallory. I'm a nurse. Do you ever have patients that need such and such help? And it's hard because they're like, oh, you're another vendor. You're you're just a business because they get calls all day long probably. I know they do. They get calls all day long of people trying to solicit their services, I guess. But I don't see myself as a vendor. I don't see myself, I don't see it as a sales call. I see it as a nurse trying to help patients. And I think when you come from that genuine place of wanting to help people, wanting to end loneliness, then it comes off way I just, it's way more genuine and um, you're more likely to be able to get through to the person who would be the decision maker. So once you are calling these offices, then I would ask to set up meetings. I would ask for their email. I would email them info and go from there and, and just try to make a relationship, make a connection. And you have to really have the mindset of you're planting a seed. It's, you got to play, you, I mean, play the long game, I guess. You just, have to, you can't expect to get clients right away. You have to build trust with the office, for example, or wherever you're going to go to try to find clients and build that trust. There's so many gems that you drop in what you just said. For those who are listening, uh, you really, she gave you your whole business plan pretty much, guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, just yeah. mm-hmm. calling people. Yeah. Yeah. And as I'm talking to people who are not in healthcare at all, who are part of larger organizations, they're responsible for making 40 to 100 calls a week, if not a day. Right. And I know with nurses, sometimes we pat ourselves on the back if we make five calls. Right. And we're like, wow, I made five calls today. There I go. And then that's it. But, you know, the idea of reframing it and thinking about who I can serve or how can I serve people today or who can I serve today. And as you make those lists of 10 outreaches that you're going to make, however you decide to make them, phone calls, email, LinkedIn requests or such, if you do it from the mentality of servant, of who yep. I can serve, that brings yep. a completely different, it's a, if it's a different conversation. Am I right? Oh, for sure. If you're, you're just, I'm just here to help. I'm here to help. And so, you know, I get told a lot, you know, we already have a service we use or, you know, our patients have friends and family that help them. I just return with love, gratitude and say, okay, thanks so much. You know, in the future, you have a patient that their, their family member can't take off work. For example, you know, we're here to help. We're, we're here. And, and I think being a nurse too, you know, I'm not like a business person. I'm not a salesperson. When it comes down to it, I'm, have a bachelor of science in nursing. And so I, I think that sets it apart. But, you know, you w- you often do get labeled as a salesperson going into offices sometimes. So, yeah. yeah, you just keep going. Yeah, yeah. And that approach is such a wonderful way to separate yourself from the other vendors because I love how you left it. Like, you know, say they're unable to find a family member who can pick them up or take off of work. It gives the, the, the person who's listening to you a specific thing to listen for. Right. And to easier, make it easier to refer you to. And also what's amazing with you, you know exactly the problem that you solve. There are some other nurses who are not quite sure about the problem that they solve. And because of that, they're unsure about how to leave it in such a way that it is super clear to the other person listening. Oh, this is how uh, Mallory can help me or this is how so and so can help me. And the way that they end that conversation may not be as clear and as directed. So. So tell me more about like how, like, okay, so uh, full transparency, Mallory and I have talked before. 
<laughs> before yeah, this. Yeah. And such a good conversation that first time. It was a great combo. It was, it was amazing. And I was like, man, I should have recorded it. <laughs> so, um, so for you guys, Mallory had mentioned something too about her days on the floor when she at first, you know, sort of like had this idea. And when she realized that she wanted to make this a business, um, she was telling me that she knew that she had to make it work because she simply, there was a point of like no return. And I might be making things up, Mallory, but I'll let you correct no, I me. I think I said that. I'm pretty sure I said that. Yeah. yeah. So tell me more about that. You said that there was like a place of no return, that you could not go back and that you had to make it work. And that fear of it not working really did push you to make your first outreaches, cold calls, walking into offices. Something made you push back. Um, past that fear. So tell me more about that. Yeah, it was like a culmination of a lot of events, just a lot of unhappy days at the hospital. A lot of days I'd go in the bathroom and cry. <laughs> I would just couldn't sleep at night. I'd get back to my shift, you know, working three twelves in a row, come back the second 12 and just be like, oh my God. Just, yeah, uh, it was just miserable. So many days and, and what it ended up doing was turning me into a really unhappy and bitter person. And I was like, I have to, something has to change. And I, I didn't know what I knew that I had this innate, like deep down in me, like I knew in my heart and my soul, I was like, I am destined for more. I want to do more. I want to be part of something bigger than myself. And I knew I hadn't found my passion and my purpose yet. And one thing I remember reading or had heard from someone, they're like, well, if you're not happy where you are, you're not a tree. You can move, like you're able to move. So I, I went to different areas in the hospital. I worked, I mean, like with my intro, I've worked in a lot of different areas because I just would keep moving and be like, okay, that maybe this will be where I'm meant to be. Eventually, I, it just wasn't like no matter where I went, the hospital, the healthcare system in America t- today is broken. And the cardiac ICU in South Dakota and then worked in ICU and outpatient areas down here in Phoenix. And the care we were giving was is just subpar. There are so many issues from staffing to a lot of staffing issues. I guess that really bothered me when we had unsafe nurse-patient ratios. And then I got reprimanded one time for basically advocating for my clients, but I didn't follow the chain of the command. I just jumped right up to the top of the totem pole to voice my concern and later the next week I got in trouble because I didn't follow the chain of command, but they really weren't concerned about the patient outcome. They were just more upset that I didn't follow protocol, which that I like to talk about as my point of no return. I was like, okay, I didn't know what I was going to do, but after that happened, I just made the mental decision like I'm going to do something else. Something is, I'm not going to be here anymore. And luckily I read a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. I read that in the fall of 2015, and after I read that book, and that was about the same time I had that really bad experience at the hospital that I just mentioned, I just started to be more entrepreneurial, reading more books, listening to more podcasts, and I got the idea for Solos in April of 2016. I launched Solos in September of 2016 just to give everyone listening a time frame. Like, didn't happen overnight. I was still working at the hospital during this whole time, but the important thing is that I had made the mental decision that I was going to do it. I had decided. And once you decide something, then the universe conspires to help you and, and you move forward and it will happen if you truly believe in your heart that you're going to make it happen. So I can't believe it's September 2018. It's been, I have to look, I think it was like September 22nd that I officially, like I had my liability insurance installed, had the LLC installed, and I think I launched. So I'm almost, I just cannot believe it, two years. Wow. 
Wow. Yeah, two years and all of the multiple locations I just listed. Tell me about how you got your, not of course the specifics, but tell me about how you landed your client one, client two, client three in terms of the facilities. I mean, did you just walk into the facilities and, you know, maybe you had a list of a hundred and eventually someone said yes, or did you have a relationship that you had been developing all along the way? And then when you made the mental decision, you're like, hey, let me reach out to so-and-so and see if they'll be my beta or my first. Tell me a little bit about your early clients. Mm, this is a good question. So you, the, how I got my first client, I was looking through Phoenix Magazine. And I was, there's a lot of doctors that had, it might have even been like the top 100 doctors in the Valley of 20, it would have been 2016. And just looking at lists of doctors listed in Phoenix, and a lot of them had, I guess you could say ads, like or had feature stories on them. And so I, I just looked at some of the, doctors that had a lot of great credentials and had won a lot of awards, like some of the top doctors. And I put them on the list and I called. And, you know, if you put 20 doctors on your list, odds are at least one of them will need help or the patient care coordinator will return your call. And one of them did. And she was like, absolutely, we could definitely use your services. And so that was in September. And that office, she was so nice. I, I mean, gosh, I... She's going to get a chapter in the book because she didn't know me from Adam and I got rejected by so many offices, but this one particular patient care coordinator, she was so kind and so nice. Her name is Cindy. And she said, absolutely, we could definitely use your help, use your services. And two months later, she she had been giving out my brochures and November was my first client and I helped one of their patients. So Awesome. Awesome. That's how I got my, literally from looking in Phoenix Magazine. Awesome. So I love that you wrote down, you know, how many you had like a numbers, you had numbers, you had a list. And I always tell people, you know, I coach people on it's hard to improve what you don't measure. So um, instead of randomly, you know, calling people and whatnot, you wrote out those 20, whether you type it up in an Excel spreadsheet and you note down, you know, when you called, did you leave a message? Did you try to email? And when you're going to follow up? Um, some people don't do that. They just might random. They're very, some people can be, you know, very, you know, I don't want to say casual, but casual. And so tell me, like, did you have any background? Did you know specifically that you needed to track your outreach attempts or did that just naturally make sense to you? No. And you know what? I say 20 now, but I wasn't as um, structured. I'm getting more structured now, but I was just like all the people you coach. I probably started with five, seven and I was still working at the hospital and it's hard. Like you have a day off, you're exhausted. Like you don't want to make the calls. But as I started to get busier and I would write them down, then I got a customer relationship management platform. There's a bunch of apps out there. So I got one of those or signed up for one of those. And so then I could write down or make a note in the app every time I would make a call or go do an office visit. Because just like you said, what gets measured gets managed. And I wanted to, you know, now I do, you know, we make sure to call and say, thank we do thank you follow-up. We just do follow-ups. The fortunes in the follow-up, they say that too. So yeah. So I didn't at first, but just listening to more entrepreneurial stuff, I, I started to realize, okay, I need to get a little bit, I need to get a lot more structured on this. And look at like, when was the last time I talked to them? When did, was the last time I said, thank you? When was the last time I just popped in and said, happy Monday, muffin Monday, like bring them some muffins, something like that, you know? Nice, nice. And for the listeners, this format is going to be a little um, different because 
this um, we are continuing a conversation that we should have recorded um, last time. So I'm just going to hop around and hope it's okay. So tell me about the podcast that you listen to. You sound like me. And in fact, I think we exchanged podcast notes on which ones I listened to. I sent you and I'm sure there are familiar names and vice versa. So was there any particular podcast that you can binge on or more, more recently or, yeah. or even like back then, back then, what was like, you know, were you listening to all the time? Tell us more about that. The one I was listening to all the time that I got the idea for Solace from was um, The Cardone Zone by Grant Cardone. I listened to all of his content. It had his audiobooks. He was like the only person I listened to for uh, one, two years. More recently, I really enjoyed listening to Impact Theory by Tom Bilyeu. I'm not sure if I pronounced his name right, but love Impact Theory. I would highly uh, recommend that one because he interviews entrepreneurs from all walks of life. And every time I listen to it, I just get so many great nuggets, great tips, and just you get to get into the mindset of these people. And, and what is really encouraging to me is how many times they've been rejected or how many obstacles they've overcome and they just keep going. Mm-hmm. So I, I like Impact Theory. Um, I like Bulletproof Radio also with Dave Asprey. He has some more um, like biohacking, he calls it health tips, but also he, he interviews some really great entrepreneurs as well. And I always, I just love to hear other people's stories because it makes it seem plausible and, and possible hearing what they've gone through. I'm like, okay, if they've gone through it, I can do it too. Mm-hmm. And I love how, you know, it's so important. Uh, well, I love what you're saying, what you mentioned, and it's so important for nurses to see that it's plausible, right? Because in mm-hmm. our um, facility, you know, we're not shown what all is out there to be done. The fact that even when it comes to income, you know, generating income, that it is possible for a person to charge, you know, $300 an hour as a consultant. It's, we, we're not introduced to that uh, realm of possibilities. So in taking in information from entrepreneurs and learning about this other world that exists out there is really helpful to just to know that it's possible because we humans, you know, we tend to support what we believe. And if we don't even believe it's possible, then how can our actions and our mind support that? Or it will. Our, our actions and our mind will support what we think is possible, right? <laughs> so, totally. so we're not, you know, dreaming and visioning. Um, we are really limiting ourselves. And like you mentioned, you made a mental decision. You, um, mm-hmm. there came a point where you made a mental decision and that's everything. Cause some people can have like a um, casual interest in entrepreneurship. That's something that I'm, I tr- I'm trying to weed out to be quite honest with my coaching clients. There's some people who have a casual interest in entrepreneurship and doing something else, but then there's others who've made the mental decision and they have the belief that this will happen. They will be an entrepreneur. They just need support on how that's going to happen. Those are the folks I I have the best results with. So when you made that mental decision and you had that mindset, was that what tell me about that when when that happened for you in relationship to your point of no return in the hospital? Did you already sort of make that decision before that incident? I won't give the detail, but that incident in the hospital, was it were you sort of like already at that point of making, deciding to do entrepreneurship, you just weren't sure how it worked, this incident happened and then you got clarity or am I making Before that? the incident happened, I was going to go to, I was going to go back to school and become a nurse anesthetist. But really that point of no return, that really awful incident happened. And it was about the same time I read that book by Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. like the universe is looking out for me and totally planned that to have me read that book at that same time. And after I read that book and around that same time had that 
that incident. And I was like, nope, I'm not going back to school. Because I, I, that's all I was ever taught was go on to school. I mean, get good, get all A's, get more degrees, put more letters behind your name. You'll be happy. And it's not true. Or it wasn't true for me. Maybe it, it can be for some people. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was not for me. And that really opened my eyes reading that book. I was like, no matter what degree I get and put behind my name, I'm not going to be fulfilled and reaching my full potential. And I knew I, to, just for my personality type and this innate burning desire in my heart, I was like, I have to do something more, start something else. Mm-hmm. But I think it's important to point out that I made that mental decision, but I still worked at the hospital for another year. I did go part-time and I still, I kept it alive and solace grew enough. And then I was able to, you know, about a year ago, the uh, September of 2017 is when I left the hospital and focused on solos full, full time. Awesome. Awesome. And the way I like, I, I mean, so many gems again, what you, what you said. And I think of it also with, you know, whatever it is that you, you focus on, you know, some people, you know, call it, you know, various things, but I, I refer to it for myself as, you know, discernment. You know, it's just like if a, if someone you're dating or your husband or something, you know, gets a new car, you know, uh, that's a Toyota or something like that. All of a sudden the, the world is filled with Toyotas and you think it's that person. And, you know, when, when there's something, you know, on your radar, it's amazing things that were always there all along just fall into your lap seemingly <laughs> only because yeah. you're now like hyper attuned to, you know, the, oh, well, this, you know, Toyotas are actually all over the place. So we're camera, you know, but now because of this, you know, you're, you're really seeing it. So tell me more about what you sort of like last left off with that for you, you know, getting more schooling was not the thing you had mentioned in our last conversation about wanting to uh, liberate nurses from hospitals, empowering females. And in fact, you have a good number of staff on your, in your business who are nurses. So tell me about that. Yeah, I didn't realize this, but I mean, you look at us, we're nurses and, and we're venturing out of the hospital, leaving the bedside because the bedside is just horrendous right now in America, bedside care. Like so and and it's because of the budget and everyone all the hospitals are in the red and trying to save money and cut costs and they're doing it at the bedside and making nurses take care of more and more patients with less and less staff, not enough nurses aides, not enough nurses like and none of these nurses are happy. Like we're we're like sold this. It's almost, oh, this is so polarizing. I'm sorry. This is just so, it's going to offend some people, but like we're sold this glamorous lie. Like get into nursing school. Oh, you're in nursing school. Oh, you're, you're, uh, you have your BSN. You're an RN. Like everyone just leads us to believe like this is so great. Like awesome. And then you graduate, you pass the NCLEX, you get out there. And I, I'm going to be very bold here and saying nine out of 10 jobs that nurses get after graduation. Like it's just a crapshoot. It's, you're in the trenches and it is not fulfilling work at all. Like I would go home at night just sobbing or just a wreck, like a nervous wreck. Like I couldn't even give my patient a bath today. I all I, I, It was all I could do to get the meds passed and not get dinged for giving them late. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it is just so, oh, makes me so upset. And so by starting Solos, I know there's going to be a bunch of nurses that hear this. And I've had many nurses come to me that want to be on the team that want to take clients in the concierge private duty setting. It's so much more rewarding. Like I can just give these clients all my love, all like all my magic, all my just, just envelope them in compassion and just do such an amazing job and get to know them one-on-one and take away all their fears, make them feel safe and loved and wanted 
and just have a, a great recovery, a, a great doctor's appointment, whatever it is I'm helping them with. It is so rewarding. I'm like, this is what nursing is all about. But you're not able to do this type of nursing in the hospitals in America today. Mm-hmm. And and a lot of nurses are starting to um, feel that, you know, that everything that you're saying, well, not starting to feel it. They feel that way and they don't know what other options are there. They out there, they say that they feel stuck. They want to try something else, but they're not quite sure what to do. And my hope is with, you know, this platform and nurses like you sharing their stories that there can be something else to try. I know there was also with trying to find a job in nursing. Um, some nurses have graduated nursing school. They have not been able to find a job. They end up taking, well, you know, something in, you know, long-term care facilities, thinking that's the only thing that they can do. However, some nurses, once they get their RN, they go to an associate's program, they have their RN, they looked around for jobs, they couldn't find anything. They started their own home health agency, right? Good for so, them. You know, it's just something out there that I just really want more nurses to know of. It's like, you know what, you're not stuck. You have options and, you know, highlighting stories of you and others who have done something outside of the box, again, shows a reality that we're not necessarily introduced to um, in the facility or in healthcare. And as you mentioned, you know, things are changing such that I feel as though nurses, I don't want to scare people, but I feel this is nurses' best interest to learn about how else they can apply their nursing knowledge and expertise outside of the facility. Um, For sure. And I'll leave it at that. So um, one more thing before we wrap up, tell me about the interns, the nurse interns that you have working in as part of your business organization. They're so, I just love them. They're so great. They're in Arizona State University College of Nursing. and they both just started nursing school this fall. So I'm just so happy that they're able to see this side and they come to group dinners with the team and I. So all the other nurses, we've, we added up the nursing experience on the team. I think there's over like 121 years between even more because that was when there was only 10 nurses. So, so these Kelsey and Erica, they get to just see the side, this side of nursing, and they really get to hear our stories because I am not alone when I talk about how many unsafe days I've had at the hospital, unhappy days I've had at the hospital. And I think it gives them, a, unfortunately, it kind of paints a negative light, but gives them a realistic light of when they get out of nursing school, like, I think they're going to be more prepared. And mm-hmm. they help with everything from the follow-up calls to offices, to my social media, to the website. And just, yeah, a lot of follow-up with the offices going and doing office visits. They're awesome. And there's something to it. I can't, I can't help but imagine that, you know, as they go into nursing, they know what to expect. You know, they have a realistic picture, but they also yeah. know of an alternative, right? Yeah. Um, they're not going to go into nursing like a trapped or caged animal thinking they have to make this work. In the back of their head, they'll be approaching it with the idea of, you know what, this might be my jumping off point to try something else. Let's see how it goes. Let's see how I feel. But if this doesn't serve me, there are other options for me to use my nursing expertise and knowledge in a different way, right? So how okay. priceless is that? I mean, that's priceless to me um, that you're uh, Yeah, I'm so excited. Yeah. Um, and I love, I didn't realize this, they're 10 years younger than me. There's a generation age gap. I'm like, when did I get old? Um <laughs> So they bring so much value, too, because they just, I mean, for example, setting up all the stuff on Google and G Suite, Erica's just a whiz with all that. Like, oh, man, it's priceless. So it's a very mutualistic relationship as well. Awesome. 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 All right, my dear. Well, this was absolutely fabulous. You know, thank you so much for um, getting on the phone with me again. And this time, you know, me hitting the record button. (laughs) 
Absolutely. This, I mean, hey, this, this just fires me up and gives me so much energy and positivity. It just makes me so grateful. And uh, I'm just so happy. Thank you. I'm so glad that we found each other. Yay, same here. So we'll, we'll be staying in touch. And so you guys, your listeners, I hope you guys took notes. Again, this was the business of nursing. We were talking to Mallory Buxton of Solos Concierge Nurse Patient Advocates, and you can find them over at solosnurse.com. If you found anything interesting and helpful, uh, please do not keep this um, a secret. Please share with other nurses who might be wondering about what else they can do with their career. Or if you are thinking about what else you can do, please reach out to myself, Mallory, any of the nurses on this blog. I've selected the nurses so far very carefully. I know people's circumstances change and whatnot, but I really have selected the nurses carefully. And I can almost promise you for all of them that they'd be open for an email from you. Is that right? (laughs) I would love to. Yeah, please. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook too. It's S-O-L-O-S. Solos Nurse is my handle. So yeah, would love to. I love nothing more than talking to other nurses and just, yeah. Awesome. Very good. All right, my dear, you take care. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much, Amelia.